Welcome, and thank you for joining us at Gallery Church Downtown. Our gathering is about to begin. Please say hello in the comments or connect with us through email at connect at gcbdowntown.com. Take a minute to grab your Bible and open the notes section in our church app to follow along during the teaching. You will also need to have your communion supplies ready for the end of the gathering. We uh, obviously um, haven't been a technological-driven church through the last 13 years. Um, this pandemic has really told us a lot about online connectivity and ways of continuing to communicate with people. Uh, and so rather than viewing um, the pandemic and just the, the gradual coming back and people feeling comfortable coming back as a discouraging thing. It's kind of like, oh, great, we get to try a whole bunch of other ways of communicating and how do we record and which ways do we invite our online audience to continue to participate with us. So we're hopefully in the next couple of weeks going to be moving more towards a live stream on Sunday rather than a pre-recorded um, message. So those of you that have been experiencing it, we usually record a sermon on Tuesday or Wednesday that's then edited for an online audience to watch as a premiere on Sunday. So that way in which we've been keeping an online presence will be going away. Um, and uh, But today we're actually going to be recording what we're doing. Um, Aida, who she and her husband, Bill, uh, a pastor, our Patterson family, she's teaching over there currently, will be arriving here shortly um, because this, the teaching that the Lord really placed in her to kick off our summer series, I think is vitally important. And I believe many times for those of you that are used to me, you listen differently when somebody else is here. And, um, and Aida demands a listening ear, which is fascinating and, and just wonderful. She's just a powerful communicator. I'm really looking forward to her setting the tone for us. And so I wanted to, to start us out with a scripture, um, because even though there's a few of us, I do think we all still need to be encouraged today. I also think that there's a way that we all need to know that God sees us, he loves us, he values us, when so much about what you and I are seeing all week long is the brokenness of our world. And so we're going around with our uh, faith, like Jesus saves, Jesus is Lord, and, um, and we're comfortable with that, but yet everything in the news is, is everything broken nationally or internationally all the way down to Baltimore being on a historically high violent streak again. And so, so much about the brokenness of the world is hitting us, and we're saying on a day like today, I hope that today is a rest day for you, a Sabbath rest, something that can silence all the brokenness around us and remind us that our faith is worth it. Our faith, our hope, our love in a persevering, enduring way in all that is being faced inside of the church, not just the gallery, but the capital C church and our communities and our nation world. All of the hurt, the brokenness, the pain, the things that we've experienced, our faith in Jesus is worth it. And so our Sabbath time is a chance for us to say, I want to pause. I want to breathe. I want to take in the fact that God has blessed us. 
um, not just with Jesus and hope, but there are some present day blessings. Um, and even in light of all the problems, like I couldn't even like this week um, on Tuesday to see that it was the one year anniversary, like anniversary, the one year mark of George Floyd's killing. It's just, it's just hard for me to believe that we made it a year already from that tragic, awful event and that we're a year and a half through this pandemic and we're still dealing. It's like so much is even being reminded. And then it's Memorial Day weekend and I've had family serve in our armed forces. I've had extended relatives that have given their life in military service. And so, so much about even this weekend is people pausing and remembering things that have happened that have kept people, not just here in America, but in places around Europe free from just awful leaders around the world. Um, and so there are people and families that are grieving today. And so um, I want to pause and I want to read a scripture to you from Isaiah 55. In Isaiah 55 verse 1, it says this, Come, all you who are thirsty, he says, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. I really do love how Isaiah was talking to people that were literally outcast and was reminding them in this prophetic word that when we are and when we do come to our father in heaven, as Jesus called him and introduced him to the world, um, we can find what we need in this life, even though it seems impossible. And so let me pause and pray, and then Andrew's going to come up and lead us in a few songs. And that message you just heard was Aida telling me that she's on her way. So let me pray for us. Lord, we need rest today. We even need the freedom to breathe deep and let it be purifying to our physical body, but also to our souls and our mind and our heart. Um, so much about life right now is heavy. But yet, Father, there are so many ways that you've been good and you've blessed us. And so, Lord, right now, would you help us to remember? Would you help us to see clearly? And would you open our ears to hear your voice clearly? So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. And right now, we just want to bring all glory and honor uh, to Jesus through everything that we do here. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all this morning. Would you all stand and, uh, and sing as we worship the Lord together this morning? Usually, as I was saying that, there'd be some like, there'd be a piano or something in the background already playing, and that would help tide over the, the uncomfortable silence, but uh, not this morning. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. 
Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Swift and beautiful for thee. my voice and let me sing always only for my king take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee filled with messages from thee Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose, every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine, it shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own, it shall be thy royal throne, it shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour At thy feet its treasure store Take myself and I will be Ever only all for thee myself. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee, ever only all for thee.
I'm so thankful for that song that um, speaks to our heart this morning for the Lord to, to move in us and to, to use us. Um, but even kind of beyond that, my favorite part of it is just how it's not, the words aren't prescriptive in like, in saying how, you know, how we think that's going to look um, in our lives. I mean, especially um, in these days with just so much uncertainty around us about how we should act and um, how we can honor the Lord in our actions, um, that the song is just asking that the Lord would make us completely his and then that he would be the one who guides um, the way that we act and the way that we um, carry ourselves in this world. Um, like saying, you know, just this to the Lord, like, this is what I have. Um, like, take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. I just, I like the the vagueness of that and just really the heart behind that, that um, that we need to be open to, to the Lord's guidance in our lives and not, and there are no, we have no preconceived notions about um, what he might be calling us to do, but just the heart to be open to, to the way that he will guide us and use um, whatever we have for his glory, um, even this morning. to the darkness You're the only right among the wrong You're the only hope among the chaos You are the voice that guides me on Louder than every lie My sword in every fight your truth will chase away the night your name is power over darkness freedom for the captives mercy for the broken and the hopeless your name is faithful in the battle glory in the struggle mighty it won't let us down or fail us your name is power. Your name is power. I know it is written, hope is certain. I know the word will never fail. I know that in every situation, you speak the power to prevail louder than every lie my sword in every fight the truth will chase away the night your name is power over darkness freedom for the captives mercy for the broken and the hopeless your name is faithful in the battle 
glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power. When you speak, you scatter darkness. Light arrives and heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, you scatter darkness. Light arrives and heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. Your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Mighty, you won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives. Mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is power over darkness. Your name is power in the chaos. Your name is power. Your name is power. Your name is power. All right, you guys may be seated. Um, I'm going to take a moment um, before uh, Aida comes up to share with us uh, and lead us through a, a, what we're calling a generosity prayer. So much of our um, so much of our life is, well, really all of our life, really, not 90%, not 75%, but 100% of our life should be a reflection of God to the people that are watching us. And in one of the ways that that life is supposed to be is like we should be a mere image of our Father in Heaven's generosity. And so, um, Right now, I'm going to lead us in a generosity prayer, and I would love for you to say it along with me, and I do believe that we have it on the slides, correct? Yes. Um, and so I'm going to try to pace this out so that we're 
all as close in unison as possible. So for those of you that are fast talkers and speed readers, slow it down. And those of you that are super slow, speed it up. Um, so we're gonna try to be happy in the middle. So let's say this prayer together um, out loud. Father in heaven, there is nothing I have that you have not given me. All I have and am belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him. But generosity is your way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds who withstanding the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the systems of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to all the world. Amen. Amen. You know, guys, we haven't been collecting an offering locally. It's been mostly online. And easiest ways to do that is through the app. But you also um, can send, uh, you know, paper checks. Some people still like to do that through their bank, uh, through our church's P.O. box. But I do want to encourage us to continue to be faithful in our giving so that we can continue to be a help to those around us. I want to bring up our summer graphic, if we can, the, the habitus. This is the graphic for the summer. And you're going to be hearing us literally over June, July, and early August um, referencing this image as well as uh, talking through what this means. Uh, and so today, let me just share with you. Do you guys realize what, know what that little mechanical device is hooked to the tree? No, it is not a chipper, but that would be more violent um, than the one I picked. Um, yeah, that is a tree shaker, which they now use to shake almond trees or other trees with fruit to get them to fall um, to the ground. And then the old fashioned way are the people with the poles. Like they used to go by and hit the branches to get fruits to fall to the ground. And so the imagery of this is that you and I are to bear fruit, right? That's our life in Jesus Christ. We're to bear fruit. But can we not get agreement in the room today that there are all kinds of people and devices and ploys of things going on in the world that are constantly shaking our tree to see what kind of fruit falls off of it? I mean, that's our life. The issue is, is like what is falling off our tree? When, it, when we are shook by whatever forces are on in this world, what fruit falls from our branches? Is anger, rage, slander, jealousy, um, any type of sexual immorality, all those things, does that fall off of our tree? Or is it the fruits of God's spirit? Love, joy, patience, the love of enemies, which we talked about even in our Peacemaker series. And so this summer, we are gonna be going back over the last six months of our teaching and looking at ways in which we can develop habits so that when life hits us, somebody strikes us, 
or, or systems in the world are pressing against us, his church, his people, that the fruit that falls from us are the fruits of God's spirit and not the fruits that people would expect to see when we are struck by the, system, the things happening in this life. And so this morning, um, it was evident to me that the best way for us to start this summer series was something that I really do feel like the Lord placed almost like a burning fire in Aida. She was sharing with us about two months ago, some things that her heart for the church. And I'm like, that's the sermon our church needs to hear. And so that's where this Sunday came to be. And I'm super excited. And her daughter, Amaris, which I'm going to let her introduce herself as well to you. They're going to guide us through some scriptures and they're going to come and teach us now together. So would you guys just welcome? I know we're small numbers, going to feel a little awkward, but this is really a great Sunday for us to be together. There's a, there's a uh, an energy in the Lord here today. So. Maybe the Holy Spirit yes. for sure. Okay, so I have this one because it's perfect for my height. Um, well, it's nice to see you today, and thank you for welcoming me. And um, with Amaris, Amaris is going to do the scripture readings because, as you notice, I have this strong southern accent that is southern of the border. So. I want Amaris to read as uh, she reads better in English than me. Not that I cannot read, but uh, when I read, my accent is even stronger. So, <laughs> so she's uh, helping me and supporting me today also. So we are going to talk about today conviction. And as Pastor Ellie said, I think I, one of the most important things in my life is conviction because conviction is what really takes us to practice our faith. And I'm really not teaching you anything new today because we are going through a lot of the, the passages in the Bible, but I want to look at them with conviction. So I, that's why I call this uh, sermon from goodness, which is where we are coming from, to conviction, that's what I, we are going to talk today, and from conviction to all the summer that we are going to do about habits, and from habits, it means obedience. So let's do our readings. We are going to read first in Revelation so we can see our Lord and Savior as King. And also we are going through Matthew and many parts of Matthew that are really those red words in the Bible. I have two Bibles, one in English and one in Spanish. And both of them had red, red words and you know what the red words meant. Do you? Okay. Okay, Amari. So you can read Revelation 1, 5 and... Okay. Uh, hi, my name's Amaris. I don't have much of an accent, but I do have a stutter, so I'm sorry if I do stutter a bit. Um, our first reading is Revelations 1.5. And from Jesus Christ, he is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead, and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, the next verse is Revelation 17, 14. Together they will go to war against the Lamb, but the Lamb will defeat the Lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and King of all kings, and his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. 
Revelations 19, 11 to 6, 16, sorry. Um, then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire and his head were many crowns. A name was written on him and no one understood except for himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood and his title was the word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down, this, to, to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Hold on one minute. <laughs> Matthew 7. Yes. Okay, here we go. Um, Matthew 7. Hold on. I'm sorry, hold on one minute. Okay, Matthew 7, 21 to 29. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the, rain, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught like, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. So this is the word of God. So um, last week we were talking a lot about um, Christ likeness, but how we get to this Christ likeness if we don't obey his teachings. So that's what we are going to talk today, and you have listened to a lot of readings from the Bible. And I remember that I read in a book, I don't remember which one, but in the times of the Old Testament especially, and even in the times of Jesus, that's what they, they did. They did a lot of reading of the scriptures, and that's where um, allowed, you know? So today we are going to go through a lot of scriptures uh, because I love to read the scriptures when, I, when I'm teaching. Um, but the purpose to, of today is to understand the importance of conviction about God's word and teachings. Why? Because our convictions take us to a lifestyle. How we live, how we act, how we uh, spend our time, our resources, all of that depends on the way we follow and put in practice our convictions, our faith. So I look for the, for the definition of conviction in an English dictionary, and it said, a firmly held belief, view, 
thought, persuasion, idea, position, stance, faith, creed, tenet, and dogma. So I think that has a lot to do with our faith, conviction. So I'm going to let you know who I am and why conviction has been so important for me, especially during these last 12 years in the city of Baltimore. My family and I came uh, to the United States 25, 20, 21 years ago from Colombia, South America, no Maryland. And um, the last 12 years we had been here in, in Baltimore. We came because there were a lot of, in the 90s, violence and a lot of stuff in our country. So we, we were in need to leave the country at that time. Uh, but the last 12 years, we have been really doing ministry here in the city of Baltimore with uh, Pastor Ellis Prince. And we came when the church was uh, in the stage of planting in this city. So that was a big blessing for us because we wanted to reach out to the, especially to the Hispanic community. And he was so open to that. It has been 12 years of struggles, difficulties, but we are here today all together. Why? Because of our convictions. So that's why it's so important. And during these 12 years, um, really is when I have learned how uh, Jesus is my king. He is my Lord. He has authority over every aspect of my life. It's been easy? No. There's still many areas of my life that I still need to surrender every day to, our, to, our, to my Lord and King. But during all these 12 years also, my priorities change. They change as a mother, and also my priorities, also my goals and my dreams change. They change uh, for me as a mother, as a wife, as a woman, and they change as a person, as a professional. Everything, all these convictions change as a child of God. So I discovered also new gifts and talents that I haven't discovered before I came to Baltimore. I discovered that I was able to teach, I'm here in front of you, <laughs> to inspire, to guide, to mentor, to create, and to sacrifice. So what I realized during these last 12 years, that my convictions really changed. It also has been painful and difficult. It's not easy. But convictions, but conviction extra strikes, my king prevails, his faithfulness stands, and my life continues abundantly. So I am convinced, as Paul, when we read 2 Corinthians 6, 3 to 10. So we are going to read now, and I want you just to listen. 2 Corinthians 6, 3 to 10. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and com comedies of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us. 
whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored, even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we, are, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. So that was Paul. And I have those words on my desk, so I can read them every day and remember all that Paul was doing during, the, during his life. I also learned that I have able to endure and to, and to persevere, that Jesus holds my dreams and that he has equipped me to make those dreams come true. So conviction and obedience has brought me today before you. But for that conviction, we need to understand that Jesus is king. He is Lord and he has his kingdom. So that's why I love those um, red words in the Bible that I told at the beginning. Uh, why? Because they really help me to focus more on him. And I can picture him in my mind, talking directly to me. I can see him as my brother. I can see his love, his gentleness, his grace. But also, I can hear his strong voice as a king, firm and with authority. I also see Jesus dying on the cross as a faithful servant, submissive, meek, obedient, even to suffer death on the cross. The one in Philippians who taught us about extreme obedience to the Father, but also the one who was exalted to the highest honor. So that's why we are going to listen to Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that, Lord, that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So there's no doubt. Now he is Lord and he is King. When we have a King and Lord who rules in his kingdom, Democracy doesn't exist. Bad news. When Jesus is the king and Lord, his rulings and his kingdom are perfect. He doesn't need our input, right? Does it sound extreme? Yes, it sounds extreme because his kingdom is not from this world. That is what he answered to Pilate. Jesus was affirming that he had a kingdom and he was the king. So Pilate affirmed Jesus' answer with another kind of question. So you are king, say Pilate. But Jesus goes deeper in his answer to Pilate. And he said, I came to testify the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And you can read that in John 18. 37. So I personally believe that the Holy Spirit has given me the conviction that Jesus is king, that he is Lord, that I am part of his kingdom. It means he really is the truth and I love him and I want to follow him. So we follow, we trust, we are loyal to our king and his kingdom 
But our king also has a lot to offer. He offers us salvation, life, protection, provision, purpose, fulfillment, and abundant life. If we follow him, trust him, and are loyal to his kingdom and him as a king. So I want to make also clear the abundant life in Christ, which it means spiritually life. Material blessings can be given to believers and not believers. But spiritual blessings are only for God's children. And those only come with obedience. I encourage you to read the letter of Paul to the Ephesians. It really helped me to understand what is spiritually an abundant life means. So we already saw how Jesus confirmed himself about that he is a king and he talked about his kingdom that is not from this world. So that's why conviction, conviction takes us to obedience. So do you remember Paul's convictions in 2 Corinthians? We just read, he committed his life to obedience. He followed Jesus' teachings, even to death when he was in prison. Yes, and we can say, well, he had a very special calling from the Lord. And yes, he was called mostly to the Gentiles, right? But the truth is that we are all called to be citizens of his kingdom, to obey his commandments, and to obey the Great Commission. So I'm going back to the red words in the Bible. We are going to listen Matthew 5 from 17 to 20. Matthew 5, 17 to 20. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth until heaven and earth disappear. Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandments and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said all these words to his disciples as the crowd was growing to listen the most important message and teachings of Jesus during his ministry. So let's go again to our red words on Matthew. I'm not going to read my, my chapters 5, 6, and 7. Don't worry. Don't worry. I love the scriptures, but I'm not going to do that today. But I want to pay attention to these red words of Jesus. You have heard... But I say, he thought about murder and anger, adultery, lust, divorce, breaking vows, revenge, prayer, fasting, loving our enemies, praying for our enemies, giving the needy money, worries, judging others, and the golden rule. That is in Matthew 7, 12. And Jesus said, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. So finally, Jesus teaches about 
building and solid foundation. We read that in Matthew 7, 24. And I want to read this again. Matthew 7, 24 to 29. Matthew 7, 24 to 29. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey, it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. So we have choices, right? We, can, we have the choice to build in the rock, on the rock or to build on the sand. But I, I have faith that conviction will take us to build the house on the rock. The reality is, Jesus is king. He is not asking us for our opinion. He is showing us that he is the truth. And if we do not follow and love the truth, we will have consequences. That's the truth. That's what he said in the Bible. That's, those, that's what the red words said. That is why he obeyed the Father. Jesus obeyed the Father to the extreme of his own death on the cross. So we do not have to suffer the consequences of disobedience. But now we know how to obey our king. So why does it so important that we are going to talk about this series of habitus? Because they will take us to a new life if they are already not taking us to a really new life. So I know that it's not easy to read and it's not simple to follow the Sermon on the Mount and try to obey all of it. Um, realistically, it could be a big burden. But it is not, and it shouldn't be, because it is not in our own strength that we obey. It is in the power and the conviction of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and lives in me that we obey. So the same Spirit who resurrected Jesus from the dead is the one that lives in you and me, the one who transforms us day by day. But the red words don't end here. They continue. So let's go to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this I am with you always even to the end of the age. So, but Jesus didn't end here. He made sure that you and I were totally equipped for this mission. So that's why we go to Acts 1.8. And this is, again, red words. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witness, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we just celebrated Pentecost last week. 
probably some of you were last week with us here. It was rejoicing, it was fellowship, it was uh, really amazing to celebrate the birth of the church and to celebrate that we have that power to be witness of the Lord because this is who we are. We are his witness. We are his church. So I know that May disciples also has been one of the most challenging commandments given to the church, but it shouldn't be. As we follow Jesus as disciples, it should be easier also to make disciples as we acquire new habits of obedience as his followers and they become our daily practices by faith and conviction through the Holy Spirit, others would be able to see that we are serious and committed to practice our faith. We have been called to a new life in Christ, to new convictions, to a new faith. And I know that this is no new news for you. This is the good news and you already know them. But we need to live those good news with conviction. We need to practice our faith daily. We need to get into habits so we can be disciplined to follow our Lord and Savior and our King in his kingdom. So dear brothers and sisters, let's meditate on all these teachings this week. Let's go to the red words that are written in the Bible, and the words directly from Jesus Christ, his teachings, his commands. And let's come with a heart open to our new series, Habitus. Let's follow his commands. Let's follow him because all those words were said in the authority of the Holy Spirit. So this week, I'm going to let you with... Um, some questions, and I know this is a lot, but let's think about this. These are simple questions, but maybe hard to answer. Are we convinced that Jesus is our King and Lord? Do we live as citizens of his kingdom? Do we obey our King and our Lord? Do we love him and love the truth? Lord, thank you so much for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made and we rejoice in it. Lord, thank you for your word, your teachings. Thank you that you gave us direction where to go, what to do, what to obey. Thank you, Lord, that you have decided to make us part of your kingdom, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to follow your teachings, to follow your commands, Lord, because we need you. Holy Spirit, give us your power, Lord, to be good witnesses of our Lord and King, Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you. Josie, just leave that slide up just for a moment. I, I would love for us just to take a minute longer um, and I'm just going to let you read these points um, almost as a way of saying, Holy Spirit, help me answer these questions right now. Um, Aida did a fantastic job of teaching us to get to these four bullet points today. Um, but I feel like we just need to take a moment in some awkward silence and just let these questions fall on us. So um, pick a screen. Uh, take a moment, um, and I'm just going to read them each one at a time out loud and just let it be with us for a second. 
So are we convinced that Jesus is our Lord and is our King and Lord? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Do we live as citizens of his kingdom? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us right now? Do we obey our King and our Lord? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us right now? Do we love him and love the truth? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you now? Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for sending us your spirit. Mm. And Father, my request as mm. a pastor over and with these people, my prayer for them today is would your Holy Spirit relentlessly pursue us this week with these words. Father, may we not be able to ignore him, silence him, forget about him. But Lord, would your spirit pursue us uh, and help us to reflect on this teaching until it is ingrained in us so that when the storms come, we stand. We just thank you so much for the ways that you have brought our sister to maturity and faith in that we were able to drink from a cup that was overflowing today. And Father, I even thank you for the boldness for Amaris to stand here with her mom and read with authority um, the red letters of scripture over us. We pray your blessings on them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Andre is walking around with our Lord's table cups. If you, um, would uh, like to participate with us in a time of the Lord's table, uh, I would love for you to do that. And while he's doing that, and not going to forget me in the process, um, <laughs> I, I believe one of the things that was really important for us, because when you do this every week, it's so easy for us to get lost in the redundancy of coming to the bread and to the juice, the wine, and going through the rhythm of the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, and thank you, Andre. But for us is that we need to realize that the decisions that I make or the decisions that you make, we impact each other. 
And so this table meal was, I believe, one powerful tool that Jesus left his disciples to then pass on to their disciples, which ultimately in, you know, 2000 years of disciple passing on, we're now benefiting from it, was the daily and weekly reminder that we need each other and that needing of each other is costly because we do hurt each other, sometimes intentionally, and that's evil and that's awful, but other times it's unintentional. We are unknowingly hurting one another. And the Lord's table was a chance for the disciples to rectify that as often as they could so that the early church could survive the shaking that life was putting on them, which we're going to be spending the summer looking at. And next week, as we begin to continue into this series, you're going to begin to hear some of the challenges that we're going to be putting out in front of us to strengthen our root systems in Christ so that we can stand the pressure. And literally every week, we have one of the best reminders of what our faith should look like. And I don't want this cup, even though last Sunday, I love seeing us all together taking this. But so many of the children took a bunch of these cups home because they looked like toys <laughs> and they wanted to take them home to play with them. And I don't want us as adults to make the same decision. Let's let the children play, but let's be mature in our faith, realizing that we need to look each other in the face sometimes and say, please forgive me for. And then sometimes we need to turn to our father in heaven and say, please forgive me for. And there's a moment of us taking time to confess, because to be honest, we don't treat him like king and we don't treat him like Lord. So many times we want to be king and we want to be Lord of our own lives. We want to determine our own truth. And this is a time for us to do that. So let me just lead us in a prayer, a short prayer, um, just summarizing that before we come to this cup. And Lord, forgive us for when we don't listen. Forgive us for when we don't obey. Forgive us when we insist on being the authority versus walking in your authority. Please forgive us for the ways that we've intentionally harmed one another. And Father, would you please forgive us for how we unintentionally harm one another? Father, it is our desire to love as you've loved, to love you that way and to love each other that way. And as we come to this cup right now, Father, show us who we need to set things right with and then give us the strength to do so. Thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus and for his example. And we want to walk in that. Amen. And so let's take time right now and let's take the, 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 the wafer out of the bottom of the cup. And when Jesus was passing this around, and then when the early church was taking time to pass this around, they were passing it around as a reminder that his body was broken for them and that their life was to be lived in the exact same way. So right now, if you would just hold the wafer up and just look at somebody, whether it's across the room, and just say, this is his body broken for you. And let's do this together. And then after he had done that, he took the cup and he passed it in the early church. Every time they came to the cup, they did the same thing. And they were reminding one another that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. So right now, just look at somebody and just say his blood was shed for, for our forgiveness. This is what he shed, shed for our, for our forgiveness. forgiveness. Amen.
uh, and there's been a, a statement of the mystery of our faith that we've been sharing out loud together at the end. And if you, if, um, if you would join me in that, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Thank you.